Hello and welcome to the Studentpreneur Show. I'm your host, Tegan Thomas, and today we have a guest that I actually go to school with. He's in one of my classes. Super cool, super cool. He is a senior at Missouri State University, the same college that I attend, and he plans to graduate in the end of this year in December 2019. His business is called The Jewels of Success, and his name <laughs> is Sequoia Hodges. So, Sequoia, can you explain to me like what The Jewels of Success is or does and how you execute that plan? Yes, yes. Again, thank you for uh, allowing me to be here and allowing me to uh, come on your podcast. Um, the Jewels of Success um, is the name of my business, and it comes from um, the beginning process of me working with my mentor, Hassani Pettiford, and the idea of what it is that I'm giving. And in that sense is there are things in life that happen in I'm a speaker is what my business is. So it's a service. I call it motivational teachings. And there are pieces of information, which I call them jewels, um, that help enrich your life and things to live by. And so uh, the Jewels of Success is the name that best fit what it is I was doing. Okay, cool. That's interesting. I wouldn't even have thought about that, like that kind of translation. That's really cool. so what are exam- like some examples of you doing this? Like, was it like certain businesses, organizations, schools? Like, who do you work with? Who do you work for? Um, I work for myself. I started it myself. Um, so coming into college, uh, all of it started from the process of getting into college um, to fit, you know, just figuring it all out, figuring out life. Um, I started speaking when I was in high school to uh, high school students and they would, I was an athlete, I played football, so they'd send me to go talk to the eighth graders. And the more I started speaking with them, the more uh, confident I got, but the more that I did it, the more satisfaction that I got, because I felt like I was actually empowering and touching lives, you know, and those kids would look up to me and say things to me that really resonated with me. So um, I started doing it more. And once I got into college, uh, I met my mentor who actually does it as a profession. He gets paid to do it. And so he gets paid $5,000 an hour. And he was like, Sequoia, you could share your gift with the world and still make a living. And so that's what I'm striving to do. And like, why did you want to get into this? Why did you want to make it your type, like the type of service you want to provide to people? Because you did say that you it's something that you love to do. So why is it that you love it? Well, for me... So this comes back to, you know, the origin, the origin story. Um, from Springfield, I didn't really grow. I grew up with both my parents, uh, four of the siblings. Really didn't have much uh, when it comes to, you know, stability, life, financial things. So, you know, I got tired of struggling. I got tired of not having um, the, the constant daily reminder that we don't have, you know, with the utilities being turned off. Um, at 14, I sold candy out of my backpack to pay for the utility bills, to keep the lights on in my house. Um, I used that money to buy my brother school clothes. I worked at the Boys and Girls Club to get my to buy my first car. So at 14, I was driving my little brother back and forth to school, taking myself to school. It was just the fact of life was so much harder and looking around for everyone else the problem wasn't going to fix itself. I had to do something to fix that. And so as I've gotten older 
and I've done more things uh, trying to get into college. You know, I knew from that age early on that college was going to be my way out. <clears throat> I knew that going to college, I was going to be able to get money, take care of myself, take care of my family, take care of my parents. Um, the lifestyle that my parents have lived is completely different than what I've lived. Um, and I just want to be able to get them to see, you know, more. And so, grow, again, growing up and getting into college, I got to learn that there were other students and other kids that were like me. And I think back to those kids who didn't have anyone just like me. And I strive to be the person that I would have wanted some, the, the person I wanted to be in my life when I needed someone at that age. And so I love doing what I'm doing because it feels like I can impact and mentor and it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm actually giving a service that's important. Public speaking is one of the biggest fears among the American population. Like it's labeled as the number one fear amongst Americans. How did you learn to overcome that fear or what were some tricks that you used to hype yourself up or remain calm whenever you had to speak to large crowds? Ooh, well, for me, I never really was afraid to speak to people. I, 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 I say that I'm more of a people person. Um, getting up in front of a crowd and talking, it's never seemed hard to me. Um, especially when I know what I'm talking about and I know what my message is. Um, but word to the wise, uh, my mentor has told me, you don't get up there just to talk about anything. Just because you're able to talk doesn't mean you should. Uh, so unless you, I really am up there with a message and know what I'm talking about, then you know I, I, I'm not usually getting up there. <laughs> but talking to people is something that you work at. For people who are not very good at it, I would give the advice to work at it um, just by doing it. There's no other way to get over something by doing it. Fear is growth. You don't really grow until you experience that fear. And if fear stops you from growing, then you're stagnant. And that's not life. And so by taking that leap, you have to leap and you have to do it to figure it out. And if you fail, you learn how not to do it. But more times you fail, the quicker you are to succeed. Right, true. I've heard that from a lot of um People who have come on the show, they're like, you have to see that path of failure and see where that takes you in order to finally see the light of success at the end of that dark tunnel of what feels like forever of nothingness. Um, and how did you exactly manage to create a service and job out of public speaking? So how did you come up with the concept and how are you implementing it? So again, um, I guess to bring the whole story together because this is all from the story. Coming to Missouri State, I originally wasn't accepted. I was a star athlete in Springfield. I broke the all-time rushing record here in Springfield. Um, I was going to play football, um, and I took the ACT three times, and I slept it um, to find out that I have narcolepsy. And so by having narcolepsy and sleeping the ACT, my ACT score was very low. And all of the colleges that I had from Penn State, Dartmouth, Mizzou, Holy Cross, Truman, were all pulled. Uh, the only person left that was there was Coach Allen with uh, Missouri State University. And I'm from Springfield, so, you know, that was great. I can be at home and I still get to play. Um, so that's, what, that's how I chose Missouri State. But going to Missouri State, the process, I was short in high school. I was short a credit from algebra to in an intermediate algebra, my counselor 
uh, set up my schedule. And I just said, I'll take any classes that I need to take as long as I can play college football. And she said, okay, great, fine. And so she had me skip geometry and take those two classes. Well, time to go to college and to actually play. And I'm short a credit, a core credit to get into the university. So they wouldn't allow me. And it's not I can go back in time to retake those classes. Mm -hmm. So they were saying that I just couldn't go. And that wasn't the plan. That, that couldn't happen. My situation that I was in, the more that I wanted to get out of the house to pursue my dreams, couldn't end there because of false counseling. And so I fought it. Um, and with my counselor, and I asked her to help me figure it out. We have to get into Missouri State. And, and she sat me down and said, Sequoia, why don't, why don't you just go to OTC? <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, what? No, now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with OTC. OTC doesn't have football. OTC doesn't have dorm rooms. OTC is not going to get me out of the situation that I'm in. And for her to tell me what I should be comfortable with to settle, she's not the one lighting candles when the utility's out. She's not the one breaking up fights with your parents over money. She's not the one trying to find a solution, how to get out of there. She's not the one trying to figure it out. So I had to take it into my own hands, and I wouldn't figure it out for myself. Um, so by doing that, I contacted all the people in my network from Pat Garland of the Boys and Girls Club to Norm Ritter with the Springfield superintendent um, to every person that I could contact in my network from the football team to Springfield representatives. And I knocked on doors. I was sending emails. I'm showing up at the beginning of the, the work day when I'm not getting replies back from, you know, uh, from the counselors, you know, I'm talking to, they're not replying back. So I'm showing up, <laughs> waiting at the door with open, like, we're going to talk about my future. Like, we're going to figure this out. And so by being persistent and by waiting and getting the answers that I was looking for, I got a phone call one day and it was the president of admissions. And he said, Sequoia Hodges. I said, yes, sir. So I've got a lot of phone calls, and a lot of emails about you you will not be admitted to Missouri State University. You're a liability to the university and we cannot admit you. And so he hung up the phone. And so I had to think about going back to the other plan B then. Maybe I have to go OTC. Two days later, I got a phone call again. Sequoia Hodges? Yes, sir. I've gotten a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails about you. I'm gonna give you one chance and I hope that you prove me wrong. I say, yes, sir. And since getting into Missouri State University, I became the president of Bridge Springfield's Brother to Brother SOB organization, which is dedicated to increasing the retention rate of African-American males and minorities in our community. I became the ambassador of multicultural services from Missouri State University. I've been able to take an incredible experience and travel abroad to Ar uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. And I studied there for a semester, a lot of experience that I can't even begin to explain all from that point of making a decision, making a commitment to myself that I wanted more and I was going to do it. And most importantly, now I'm set to graduate here in December, I'll be walking the stage. And so how this all came together to answer the question, how this all came together and how it happened was exactly that. I'm not the only student who's ever had to go through this. I'm not the only student that's hit this wall. I'm not the only student that's ever hit adversity. I'm not the only student that's been tired. You know, I'm not the only student that's been sitting down and thinking, there has to be more. What can I do? 
and I'm not I'm not alone. And so if even at that young age when I was working 13, 14, selling candy out of my backpack, working at the Boys and Girls Club in the kitchen, I could be that older voice for someone else younger who's just trying to find the way. And if I can do that, that's self-fulfilling for me. So it never feels like working. Anytime I get to speak, anytime I get to have an engagement, it's always fun because I get to interact and I hear new stories. Everybody has a story. And at the same time, I get to share mine. And so that part never makes it, I never have a dull moment and that part makes everything worthwhile. So that's how it came together and that's the purpose of it. That's a phenomenal story. Like you, you really had your own struggle, your own experience, and you are doing what you can to make a difference for other people. And that is so important. So important. It reminds me, there's a school. I can't remember what state it is, but they have been gathering young boys together in a low income community and they buy them suits and button downs, ties, teach them proper manners, how to be a gentleman, how to be professional at like upper elementary, middle school. Yeah. Like they're they're doing what they can to make a difference for other people and that's what you're trying to do. And you're doing it not just for them, you're also doing it for yourself, but like in the most selfless way. And that's just phenomenal to me. I appreciate that. So that's awesome. I'm just I'm so that's awesome. I can't even fathom like put like doing that like I'd have to bust my butt and figure that out which you definitely have and that's just a really hard thing to do and not many people can do it and like you doing that is inspirational anybody who listens to this episode is probably going to be breaking down into tears thinking he went through so much and has done so much what have I done what can I do and I hope that's what people will get from your experience going on to another question so you have this service, you talk to people, you be that kind of mentor, that kind of inspiration for these kids and for adults. How do you put your services out there? How do you market yourself? People in your networking, you have build a relationship with them and you follow up. Then that's how you are able to uh, connect with other people. So that's basically how I've been doing is by word of mouth. And every time I go, I try to give it my all. And then someone in the audience, it doesn't matter if there's one person out there or if there's 10, word of mouth travels, as well as uh, my Facebook. Um, and I have also been doing diversity trainings for the Springfield Police Department. And so I've met uh, some people through there. And one of the officers has been in contact uh, with me. And we sit, we have lunch. And he'll say, hey, I have this place. I feel like, you, you know, it'd be nice if you could come and you could speak to them. And that'd be another engagement I get to go to. Mm-hmm. Or teachers in the community who are paired with brother to brother want me to come out to their schools. And, and that way it just, you know, it's just kept going. And you mentioned Facebook. So the more of what I was hoping that you would talk about is like social media marketing. But do you, like, how do you do that? Especially for social media. Like, do you have your Facebook account, for example? where it's both your personal and your business, or do you have separate ones so that you're able to focus on the jewels of success and then also focus on yourself? I use my Facebook account kind of like a professional business. I don't put, you know, too many things on my Facebook that right. you know, it's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So that way when people see you, they get to see exactly what it is that I do. Um, 
you know, I have fun. That's on there too as well, you know. But they see the business side of their the two lives, and I feel like the seeing the real person is what helps get me out because I'm not being something I'm not. Right. And, you know. Uh, but as well as um, I have a page uh, for as far as marketing goes, I have a website that I've been designing um, that has all of my speaking engagements and videos and things like that. And I have a speaker's portfolio that if someone doesn't know about me so much, then I put that together and I send it to them. And so that's helped in my marketing side. And I've always been looking on how to better market myself. Because, you know, expanding definitely is tandem with marketing. Right, for sure. It's nice we're in a marketing class together. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe we can work together when I get my degree. Yeah. <laughs> so LinkedIn, for like we, we've talked about LinkedIn before um, in our class. So it's a massive tool that businesses have been using in more recent years to find new employees. But I'm sure that they also use it to find speakers that maybe that could benefit you. You have a LinkedIn account, don't you? Yes, but I'm going to be honest. I have not used my LinkedIn recently like I should. I made a LinkedIn while I was uh, freshman year. We made it in class, and I haven't logged into it since then. That is the biggest downfall that I could have done when it comes to that. Every time I linked, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to take care of that, and I have not. Everything professional, everything is on my Facebook, which is not the place when it comes to LinkedIn, I know that. Right. But that is the next step is upgrading my LinkedIn account and making updating it. Cool, cool. So anybody out there listening, if you do not have a LinkedIn account, go make a LinkedIn account. There's like 89% of businesses that use it to find employees or that you can use to network with other people that you could have as potential clients or business partners. Get on LinkedIn, it's important. Do it, don't be like me, <laughs> be better. <laughs> So you did mention a ton about your networking. So what are some events, like especially around the Springfield area, that you have attended where that you regularly go and network with individuals? Uh, Biz 100 Springfield is an event that happens annually that I go and I get to meet and connect with different uh, businesses around here that I didn't know existed. And at the same time that I get to meet them and exchange information, they get to hear a little bit more about myself. You know, and that's kind of how network grows. It's just simple communication and just conversation and talking. Another event would be the NAACP banquet, Mm -hmm. um, which is coming up here very soon. But just going to those things that people, the community stakeholders are at and, you know, just rubbing elbows, I guess, you know, talking to seven communication. Right. And what kinds of people, organizations do you try to target at these events to use your services? Or are you just trying to speak with who you can, get to know who you can based off of your previous connections? Yeah, I I target uh, middle school and high school. And specifically, that is the time around when you're at a pivotal point of life to make a decision. And, you know, you can go left or you can go right. And that is the time where someone really in your co- in your corner really helps. Mm-hmm. And so that is mainly where I shoot for. That's my target demographic. But I also do adult seminars like a diversity panel for the Springfield Police Department and diversity right. trainings. Um, and as well as I'm, I have another engagement coming up here on October 7th uh, for an international uh, international student board le- student board talk about leadership and experience so um, I definitely have a wide variety of people that I can reach but 
that is my target market. Right. Okay. And how do you think that networking has impacted your business? Do you feel like that you are able to do more gigs, like do what you love? Cause it's not just, it's not just a job to you. Like this is something that you want to expand on that will, that makes your heart happy and you're helping other people while you do it. So do you think that networking has been able to positively impact what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I get to meet people and outside of, you know, speaking, there's the other side of professional world. So I get, I get more opportunities when it comes to, you know, knowing about jobs. And so I get to connect myself and then connect others. But being able to, you know, meet people has been a, a definitely beneficial thing in both areas. Right, for sure. So what do you think would be some top tips for networking that allows people that you're interacting with to be more interested and want to chat either longer or exchange information so you can talk at a later time? Confidence. When you go to someone and you go to talk to them, confidence is key. Know who you are. Anytime I, I, I've heard these wise words again from my mentor. When you walk into the room and you're sitting at a table, you be there like you belong there. He said, you can sit at a table with millionaires and not have a dime in your pocket. But you've done everything you've done to be there in that moment. Be there. And that's exactly what I do. When I'm there, I'm there. I engage, and I know I belong here. No one can take that from me. No one can tell me I can anywhere else. There's no status or anything that I, I, I can't go. Your personality will take over. Who you are is what's going to sell. And so with that being said, be yourself. Be confident. Um, when you get have business cards, and so that way when you give business cards and you receive them, follow up in one to two days. Right. You get a best response if you follow up within uh, one to two business days. And that's really how you establish con- uh, a relationship if you're able to go back and forth and you know communicate or send messages. So that is a big key to, you know, fostering a relationship. And so this is something that I feel like you may not deal with very often, but um, rejection whenever it comes to networking and trying to build a relationship with somebody. Not everyone is interested in that. And and people may know like, oh, I know that this guy wants me to use his service. He wants to speak for my school or my organization or something, but I'm not willing to pay someone to do that or I already have somebody. So how do you deal with rejection whenever it comes to networking, especially in a public place to someone that you don't know very well? Oh, no, I've got plenty of that. (laughs) I've gotten plenty of experience with that. I just put that in the category of that's growth. It was going, it's bound to happen. You're going to fail. You're going to be told no a million times. You're going to have days where you're 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 stressed you're tired you know and and you don't feel like it but you go out there you do it and when you meet people and they you know everybody doesn't like you you know you I feel like I'm a likable guy but hey (laughs) (laughs) everybody doesn't like you so if they don't it's okay you have to be able to stand back up and even when you're stressed you're tired and you're frustrated to still keep pushing right Okay, cool. What are some long-term plans that you have for the Jewels of Success? The goal right now is to graduate. Graduate. I will be graduating this December, and so that way they'll give me more free time to start traveling more 
um, to go places to get, you know, more in depth in what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I can spend more time trying to perfect the craft and, you know, whatever way that looks. But um, there's a point you work your your regular job, your business, your life, you know, you have to support yourself. Right. And then as if I can speak, that's great. I will be doing that as much as possible until someday when speaking pays more than your job, you know, that's great. And you continue to do what you love right. and still make a living. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, that's still great because that wasn't the purpose anyway. That was never the reason why you get into it. You know, it's about the message. And so that is the future plans is to keep doing it. And do you have any additional tips on networking, public speaking in general, um, getting through school, pushing yourself, like anything like that? Just do it. It's, it is going to be difficult. Like I said before, I keep saying it again over and over again. It is going to be difficult. This is a life model that I've that I was given um, at an early age of life in seventh grade by my late coach Ricky Sims is to always overcome adversity with mental toughness. Life is going to get hard, but your body can take 10 times more abuse than when it's time to quit. So as soon as you feel like it's time to quit, you got 10 times more left in you. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be those hard nights. It's going to be those days. It's just the fact that if you want it bad enough, you're going to push through it. When there's a, when there's a will, there's a way. And if you've spoken to someone, you've been told no, you just haven't talked to the right person yet. Right. So no matter what it is and what the situation from school, balancing that, you know, to job, working it to your business, it is possible. But it is never going to be easy. Yeah. Again, guys, that was um, Sequoia Hodges. Can you tell us of ways that we can find you, um, like your website that you said you were working on or Hopefully that LinkedIn account that you'll be working on yeah. and your Facebook. <laughs> Entrepreneur, you don't have your LinkedIn. <laughs> um, no, my Facebook, um, there's more to come. So uh, my Facebook is the big place. Um, there's more to come with my portfolio on my website. Uh, that'd be something to stay tuned and it would be posted on my, my Facebook and blast it out. And yeah, check in for my LinkedIn. That will be taken care of very, sh- very soon. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you guys again so much for listening to the Student Virginia Show, and make sure to check in next week. <laughs>